On today's podcast, we'll explore issues to consider when a retirement plan is created. We'll review all the things that keep you up at night. Then we'll play Stump the Guru. Please stay with us. And now, Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Fred Sade is founder and managing director of the fiduciary firm Money Matters USA and a financial licensed fiduciary himself, also a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University, living in the financial world as he has for years and specializing in retirement planning. You know, Fred, it's like uh, you invite questions from people you meet with. They're so important. Make sure they get their questions asked. And it is amazing how many retirement-related questions begin with the word, when yeah. <laughs> when yeah. Uh, yeah. we're going to yeah. go through some of these uh okay. right, here we go a lot of questions that began with when it sounds i sound like a game show host when <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> sounds like a jeopardy uh category yeah. Yeah. questions that begin with when when should i start taking social security benefits well it kind of it kind of depends on your financial uh, situation, whether or not uh, you're still working, whether or not you have a longer, short uh, work-life uh, runway. Uh, most people know that benefits are going to be uh, reduced if you claim early. Uh, some people uh, uh, are concerned that Social Security is going to run out of money and they're going to be left high, high, high and dry. Um, you know, Social Security is the third rail of American politics, so there's no possible way that you won't get benefits. And certainly, if you're within five, 10 years of retirement, uh, I wouldn't worry about uh, getting Social Security. Uh, if you, the problem also arises uh, um, when people think about Social Security as an investment. It's not an investment. Uh, it is. It is a. It's an income play it's a retirement annuity uh, that uh, that you get it's an insured product that's effectively what social security is and then when you get into all these scenarios about social security being an investment mm -hmm. uh, you know then then you get all sorts of, of complications and then you get into these break-even questions um it's not an investment so you want to maximize it and with uh Today's longevity being so great, it's possible that, uh, you know, depending upon your monthly benefit, but uh, on an extended longevity, which is very possible today, you can collect well over $2 million from Social Security. That's not to be sneezed at. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Not at all. Then that is part of that process with Fred, who, again, does invite your questions. Many will begin with the word when. When should I start withdrawing money from my retirement accounts? That's a great question because the it, it, you get into the sequence of how you harvest 
you know, the, the, the order of distribution, which asset when, is, is extremely uh, important. Now, if, if, you have, if you have 100% of your assets in tax-deferred accounts, uh, you know, you, you're going to pay taxes. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, part of your Social Security, maybe up to 85%, uh, may be taxed. And um, you may only get a 15%. But I'm not saying a 15% tax free is bad uh, at all. Uh, it's not. But the point is, um, it, it really depends on, uh, you know, on, on what your asset mix is. And uh, the distribution order, which asset do you take income from and when, uh, will impact uh, and answer the question, for, help you answer the question that, that most people are concerned about. And that is, uh, will I run out of money in retirement? And I guarantee you, if you use the, um, you know, base case, the, 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 uh, the custom case, the Vanguard case, which is to defer uh, tax, tax deferred assets as, as your last uh, and preserve them as long as you can, th th those, uh, that, Order of distribution uh, has been shown to be a, a fatal, a fatal one. So, uh, if, if you can, if you can diversify your assets and then work out the the withdrawal uh, sequence, that that you know that will be most effective. Now, I know there's there's cheap software uh, out there that purports to show you how to do that. Uh, but uh, th this is this is where uh, someone like me or someone has really uh, really high quality uh, software can be can be very effective in helping you uh, not only knowing when to take uh, income, which income, and also to diversify uh, your income so that you you have income that that is uh, taxable, tax free, and tax deferred. And uh, so this this is a much more uh, difficult uh, question, you know, to uh, to answer than than at first, than at first appears to be. Questions that begin with when about retirement. When should I consider downsizing my home? I guess that's if you want to downsize your home. Yeah, that that's exactly right. Uh, people talk about downsizing and then do nothing, you know, because they, they, there's a whole lifetime that's lived in the home. There are there are happy memories in different rooms, and people don't necessarily redo their their kids' rooms. When the kids come to visit a couple of times a year, they go back into their old rooms, or or, or your grandkids do, or your grandkids come to visit. So there's there's a lot of emotional charged uh, feelings that are involved in that, but. If you, if you do decide to downsize, maybe you like the town and you want to go to a different neighborhood, maybe it's a different town. People talk a lot about going uh, to other states. Um, about 85% of the time, based on the most recent research, uh, says that they don't uh, actually go to another state. Now, we, uh, we, we, in a uh, Stump the Guru question a couple of weeks ago, we did an extensive answer to somebody who, who asked a question about relocation, and we discussed uh, uh, most of the, I think, uh, key issues uh, that, that are involved uh, uh, when it, uh, when it respect, as it respects uh, taxation and uh, whether or not you actually save money by going to another, to another state. So uh, I, I, I think these are all the, you know, it's a whole bunch of issues that you, 
that you have to consider, but downsizing uh, can make a lot of sense, especially, you know, if, if you're a constrained investor, you may free up capital that, that can be used both for income and for some additional growth on your assets. And that's important because of the extended longevities today. This is maybe one of the most important ones you can ask is when should I consider retiring? Well, that really depends on, on a number of things. Uh, what's your runway? Like, how long can you work? Yeah, now, uh, pe people retire early for three reasons. One is because their, their, their skills uh, erode and, and they get let go, or their health, or they're taking care of somebody who has a significant health issue. It could be a spouse. It may not be. It, it could be a parent. Uh, or it could be another, it could be a child. Uh, so all of these things uh, have to be, uh, uh, you know, considered. But it may be your objective may be to retire early, but that's going to put a lot of pressure on, on your on your assets. Uh, some people uh, retire at age sixty five and then claim Social Security. That's what we were talking about before. While th those are actually two separate acts, but people tend to telescope them. Others retire at, at sixty two because that's the earliest age you can you can claim Social Security. But this is usually no consideration is being given here to extended longevity. Uh, my advice is work as long a as you can, uh, and then you need to decide what your what your goals are. What is it that you want your money to do for you? And that's the question that has to be uh, answered. It can't just be this this magical. I got to have a million dollars. That's the magic, you know, the the, the magic million dollar uh, figure. And uh, some people are, you know, are just all consumed with that with that million dollars. No matter what, I got to have a million dollars. I mean, there's there's no there's nothing to discuss. So, uh, some of them, as soon as they get that million, million one, million two, they retire. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's it. That's that that's it. <clears throat> but it's important to, I think, you know, work with a professional in in pinpointing that time that you want to launch. Now with longevity, really good question here. When, and maybe I'll throw in a how with this too, should I start planning for long-term care? Uh, as, soon, as soon as you possibly can, uh, so that you, you have the resources available uh, and, and the proper and appropriate uh, uh, coverage. Uh, now just, just remember that long-term care at bottom is is a source of income. It's an additional income source. So you don't have to exhaust your other income source and your other assets. So you're creating a new income stream to cover uh, the the uh, the issues that arise with long term care. Now I'm not going to cite any statistics because it's pointless. As soon as you cite a statistic, somebody says, "Well, it's not going to ever happen to me." I mean, it's a thirty percent chance I'm never going to need it, and 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 it's going to be the other guy. Look at me. I'm I, you know I can flex my muscles now, be, be you know because I'm fifty years of age. But you're not talking about you having a claim at age fifty. You might, you might. But you know we're really talking about having claims in your, in your mid to late eighties. Uh, and and that's that's where this becomes uh, a real uh, a real issue. And and there's there's lots of different product available today, so it's not a use it or lose it uh, situation uh, any, anymore. It, it, uh, this is something that that's good. That, uh, yeah, everybody needs to really go th go through this and, and and make some hard decisions. And I will personally say that I, I think that self pay is a myth. 
because you you a, an extended claim, you'll eat all your assets. And finally, when should I start estate planning? As soon as possible, really. <laughs> really? Yeah, be, be, yeah, because you look, estate planning is all about making sure that, that your assets go to the people you want them to go to. And the other issue that people have with estate planning is that they're afraid they're going to lose control of your, their assets. If you can show that you will keep control of your assets and even have the control from the grave and you can get your assets to go to the people or, or the charities or the institutions that you want it to go and you can control this, then then usually most of the objections evaporate. And uh, whatever is involved, a competent uh, estate planning attorney can, can be uh, can can advise here and draft the documents. We do estate planning, for, you know, but we don't do it. So we call it an estate analysis because technically estate planning is doing documents. Uh, obviously, I'm not an attorney, so I can't do documents, but we can do the estate analysis and we will work with the uh, estate planning attorney or the elder law uh, attorney, if, if that's appropriate, uh, to uh, discuss what what, need, what we think needs to be done, and they uh, you know can then draft it. The other area that that's worth talking about here is if you have a lot of assets that are tax deferred, you want to be working with uh, with an attorney who knows how to handle qualified plan assets, uh, because that that's a whole different ballgame, which which you know the IRS is made even more complicated with, with their very, very confusing RMD uh, terminology. And we, I, I think it was, uh, what was it, a week or two ago that we answered a question uh, from, from someone who, uh, you know, who, who had a significant uh, RMD issue, which his accountant uh, didn't want to touch uh, because of the complications. Sure, there are even more when questions. We covered, I think, the very important ones here with Fred, but he does welcome your questions. He'll even have questions for you when he meets with you. They're just as important to learn you to better take that custom approach if you go forward with Jim. Here's how you can schedule, and this is wherever you are listening to the podcast, 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. All right, let's shift gears here. Let's move to what we're all dealing with, uncertainty in our economy. How do you help take the worry out of that and the feeling of panic out of that? Having that plan that's um, a retirement plan built for retirement, built around you and your unique uh, individual financial situation, and built to withstand any economic storms that we may encounter. And we're going to look at some of the things to consider. And Fred, I know you work start working with a lot of people in the financial red zone, the, the years, sure. that period before they retire. And that's when you can help coach them on their savings. Because when they first come to you, maybe they don't quite have sufficient savings to take on retirement yet. Well, that, <clears throat> that's true. And the most important thing that you can do uh, is to work longer. And if you can't do it in your primary job, uh, maybe maybe it's in an alternative uh, job. There are plenty of jobs, uh, you know, out there uh, right now for anybody who, who really uh, wants one. Uh, so uh, we, we know that um, middle class people are the major taxpayers uh, in this country. And, uh, you know, it, it takes two spouses working now uh, to be able to afford uh, the high cost of, of, of living. And often there isn't a lot left over uh, for retirement savings. So uh, extending, extending working 
working years is really important because that gives you capital uh, that you can sock away, especially once the kids are, are through with primary school, once they make a decision about whether or not they're going to ha- go to college or whether they're going to go to trade school or, or whatever it is that they're going to do, then, I mean, you really have to make that time work. The other point that's worth uh, making is that Congress is trying to turn the 401k plan uh, into a pension plan. Now, it's a defined contribution plan, which is what a 401k plan is. Uh, it, it's, not, uh, it's not built to provide a um, you know, a, 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 an income. It's built to, to create capital. Uh, but uh, putting an annuity option in is, is uh, trying to, you know, p- provide a, a, uh, a defined uh, benefit uh, th- uh, through the 401k plan. How that's going to work, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not sure at, at, this, uh, at this point. Uh, but, uh, but this is Congress's answer. Uh, to the uh, to the retirement uh, uh, issue, the, the inadequacy, and and let's face it, uh, you know this is a demographic problem. Uh, we are now reaching the point where where there's going to only be two people working to support each retiree. That puts enormous pressure uh, on Social Security, and this is not a uniquely American. Problem. It's a problem in uh, you know in in France, uh, uh, in in England, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in in Australia, New Zealand, Japan. I mean, it's, it is a problem throughout throughout the world, not uniquely American. And and there are you know whole combinations of solutions, none of them particularly uh, successful. So we'll see how well the uh, this experiment works. Well, looking at uh, this is a big one, a big one to consider in your retirement, and that is looking ahead to what health care costs could be, and especially in those later stages of retirement, Fred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, Blanchett's uh, smile uh, diagram, uh, the spending in the later years, that's the back end of the of the smile goes up, and, and that the spending is just what you pointed out. It's no longer for travel, vacations, uh, recreation. It's primarily uh, medical uh, expenses and eventually uh, uh, long-term care uh, expenses. And that's going to strain your assets and, and, your, uh, and your income. The, the, the single largest expense of the U.S. federal government is health care. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Social Security. But the urgency is to do something about about health care expenses. The Affordable Care Act did not solve that problem. And I'm not being political now at all. What you have to do is is look at the uh, government's uh, government's expenditure. It's easy enough to do. Uh, and you, you can see that what I just said is uh, is accurate. Then the health care issue does have to be solved. Uh, I don't presume to know how to solve it, but it does have to be solved. And then Social Security has to be uh, addressed. In the short term, um, money can be moved around within the Social Security system. So, yeah, I mean, two years, uh, the disability benefits going bankrupt, but they can take move money from from the retirement benefit into the disability benefit, and then when that's addressed, they can move the money back. So, I mean, there's a lot of fungibility in that. But healthcare, that's a bigger problem, and and that that's the problem that that needs to be solved. 
and and and, and the longer we live, the more the more likely, you know, uh, we're we're going to uh, have uh, higher expenses that need to be paid, and and uh, and we're going to need care of some of of some kind. You know, they could always trot out that hundred and three year old guy who says my secret is drinking a quart of Jack Daniels, uh, you know, every day. Mm. But you know, <laughs> I mean, rarely does that work, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. A yeah. pack of cigarettes every day. Yeah, right. Well, that but, yeah, I mean, most, most people would be dead at forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's not, yeah, you do get those random cases, but no, that's normally not. Um, okay, another thing to consider is Social Security. We really do have covered this, but you just got to make sure you make the right decision. Yeah, that, that yeah, uh, you know, again, um, a married couple has about 837 uh, different options on, on Social Security. So, I mean, we're, we're oversimplifying you know, in our conversations, but in our software, uh, we, we can we, we will give you the best decision, the worst decision, and the middle decision, and then we can do a customized uh, decision. Sometimes, <coughs> sometimes you'll be surprised with what the software selects because the software is looking also at longevity. So, a, a longevity-based decision to give you the maximum cash flow may be different than what you would actually think would be the, you know, the decision. But again, uh, I can't emphasize enough. Social security is not an investment. It is, it is absolutely an insurance mm-hmm. program. And you think of it as an insurance, as an insured out annuity product. Because right. That's what it is. Yep. Uh, that's right. That's right. And, um, uh, and just, you know, Fred will go over that with you, what could be the best uh, strategic uh, way to claim and, and even spousal strategies. Well, market volatility in and of itself is something that I guess I, uh, most people, do they just want to have to not have to panic when we hit bumps in the market, knowing they don't have the recovery time when they're in retirement? Yeah, that, that's ab- that's absolutely true. Uh, we, tr- we try to limit... Um, losses between five and ten percent. Okay, so it can't be exact, but but that's the range we want we want to be in because the recovery is very quick. I mean, if you're losing 30, 40, 50 percent, you lose 50 percent, you need 100 percent to recover, provided no taxes, no fees, and no withdrawals, no income. So that's very difficult, and you're just sitting there. Um, the the uh, the average recovery time period might be 15 months across the board. That might be for the SMP, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it, that it is for you in in based on your investments or the sectors that you might be uh, invested in. Uh, and broad indexes are going to rock and roll uh, with 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 the market. There are no circuit breakers uh, in there for you as an individual. Uh, investor, and I find that most people are not hedged whatsoever, and so they're 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 watching you know the the, the programs or listening to the radio uh, constantly or or looking at uh, the finance uh, 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 websites uh, on their computer, and uh, the upshot uh, is that uh, they're subject. Uh, to extremes of uh, volatility, and then they run out of the uh, the market and go off to cash and, and stay there. So uh, uh, pe- people got this herding herding approach. I mean, they they buy high, they sell low, they try to go to cash, 
and and they're um, they're they're always they're always on the back end of uh, of whatever the trend is, or they're riding th- they're riding it out, and and that's terrible too because it, it that takes time, and you don't have time, and you're retired, and you don't have new assets to throw into the mix. You got what you got, and that's what you are uh, working with. So we may have a small growth component in there to offset longevity risk, but nevertheless, you don't have fresh capital. A 30-year-old can afford to wipe out and start again. A, 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 you know, a 72-year-old or a 65-year-old or even a 58-year-old, cannot. you don't have the time to start again. You have to husband your assets. And uh, longevity and uh, the fear of outliving your savings, how do you ease that? Well, we, we, we use a three-bucket approach. Uh, one of our buckets is, uh, is a liquidity bucket uh, where we uh, have guaranteed uh, income, uh, and, and we use the guaranteed income to pay our expenses. We have a probabilistic uh, bucket, uh, which is based on growth in the market, but we're not relying on that. And then we have a, a middle uh, bucket, uh, that uh, allows us to, um, you know, to 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 uh, maximize uh, our, uh, our, our our guaranteed growth and guaranteed income strategies. What we are trying to do is make sure that we can limit losses, recover from losses quickly, and that we have sufficient guaranteed income. Uh, to meet uh, all expenses. And then the probabilistic income is really uh, income for uh, lifestyle. Uh, I always like Tom Hagner's phrase, uh, paychecks and playchecks. The probabilistic income is really the, the play, the playcheck uh, that, you know, that's for the trips and the gifts and the vacations and, and the golf club membership or whatever it is, the boat, whatever it is that, that you're the trailer to go across America, whatever, whatever, whatever it is that, that you're, uh, you know, that, that you're interested in. There's no right or wrong here. Whatever, whatever that you want, that's, that's, that's right for you. But it's really important to um, make sure that you don't run out of money, and and that's what we that's what we aim at doing. We want you to be able to sleep at night because we want to give you control over your money, make your money do what you want your money to do for you, and not what your stockbroker or some other advisor wants you to do uh, with your money. It's your money, and and you get you get to say how it uh, should be used. All really good things to consider. And of course, uh, there are many more things that Fred can address, but Fred has addressed those and will continue to on this podcast. In fact, you can hear past podcasts if you go to Fred's website, that's moneymattersusa.net. Click podcast, you can scroll through the menu. And also, I'm going to tell you something else you can do at at that podcast tab. Uh, When we return, uh, we're going to tell you how you can get in on this game we call Stump the Guru. (laughs) 
Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principal, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. We're back with Money Matters USA and Fred Sade, the founder and managing director of this firm, Money Matters USA. So you heard how to contact Fred by phone, 800-593-8188. 800-593-8188. You can also reach out to Fred on his website, moneymattersusa.net. And if uh, this feature has become a big hit on the podcast, and it's called Stump the Guru, a question submitted by a listener to the podcast to Fred, and Fred answering that question. And, and if he does it, and he hasn't been stumped yet, technically. It was a technical stump uh, <laughs> the one time because he did have to do a little more digging, a little more research. So yeah. he classified it as a stump and Fred. You made it worth their while, as I you will did. do. Yeah, I certainly did. <clears throat> well, here's how you can submit your question. It's moneymattersusa.net. Click podcast, and you'll see the drop down right there for Stump the Guru. Again, that's at moneymattersusa.net. All right, we have one question today, Fred. It's on the 6040 portfolio. They say, I used to listen to you when you were on the radio. I just recently found your podcast. I manage most of my investments myself and have worked with a stockbroker for about 17 years for part of my investments. Now, I do not really have a retirement income plan that you talk about. I just want to have enough to live happily ever after. My question is, what's wrong with the 60-40 portfolio? I've had success with it in the past and some success with it now. All right. Uh, A lot to break down there. Yep. Thank you for the question. And I also thank you for being a longtime uh, listener. Uh, Please keep on listening. And uh, keep the questions coming. So I'm going to break up my... Uh, response into, um, let me see here, I have some bullet points for myself, five uh, five separate parts, and it may be a little bit on the longish side because it's a really good question. First point that I want to make is some people uh, would say and agree with you that the 60-40 portfolio is challenging. And I'm glad that you made money with it. Here's the issue. Thing is, the 60-40 portfolio is not balanced. Why is it not balanced? Because it excludes factors. And factors are used to construct a portfolio. For example, uh, factors would include precious metals and other commodities. And it may exclude assets that hedge and are not particularly risky, such as short-duration U.S. Treasuries. So that's the, first, that's the first point. Second point is, before the Federal Reserve uh, started tightening, the 60-40 portfolio was already running out of steam. Now, some people may stick with it uh, and could be satisfied with their risk-adjusted returns. But other people are not going to be satisfied, and they're going to sell it off. Now, why are they selling it off? Well, let me give you an example. 
suppose you get a 6% return, but the interest rates were at zero. So that 6% return is fine. Now, let's say you get the same 6% return, but we now have a 5% inflation rate. Well, that 6% return is not okay. Why? Because the real yield, in other words, if you subtract the yield from inflation, it's only a 1% return. 1% return is not acceptable when you're taking risk in the market. Third point I want to make is that higher inflation means that both stocks and bonds become highly correlated with each other. In other words, they move in the same direction. So because they move in the same direction, there is a lesser benefit in the 60-40 mix. And since bond rates are opposite yields, when you have higher inflation, that means that bonds decline in their face value, and inflation makes equities less desirable. So it's unclear, uh, to me at least, whether the Fed really cares about asset prices in the stock market at this point. So they may not intervene to help the markets. And when they did before, that was referred to as the Fed put. So when the, what happens when the, market, when the Fed tightens, what does the market do? It sells off. The fourth point I want to make is that no one can predict the future. We don't know if we will repeat the past decade of low, stable inflation, strong earnings, and we had monetary and fiscal stimulus. And I think the listener and, and many investors need to accept a new reality that they will no longer get outstanding returns. There is a behavioral bias, and that bias is called recency bias. And recency bias leads people to think that what worked in the past will continue to work. So th this is, you know, Einstein's theory that, that uh, you do more of the same thing, you get the same result. Do something different, you get a different result. So what are we looking at here? So factually, during the lost decade, and this is really not a 10-year decade, it's actually a 13-year period from 2000 to 2013, the 60-40 portfolio had a return of 2.3%. That's it. For 13 years, that was, that was the average return. In 2022, last year, the 60-40 portfolio could barely, it just generated about a 2% return. Now, some people are going to say, well, Fred, don't judge a strategy by a one-year return. Well, I'm not. The, the, th the thing of it is, it's not a one-year return. We just had a 13-year return, and then we just had another return. So it, it's, not, it's not one year, so I'm not, I don't think I'm being premature. The, the fifth and final point that I want to make is do not take on more equity risk than you can afford or you're comfortable with. Uh, keep within your risk tolerance. Uh, and do that because some people hope that if they, you know, there's a relationship be between risk and reward, and they think that if they take on more risk, they're going to get a better return. And I think this is where an advisor uh, can help you because a smart, savvy set of tactics are needed and even a new strategy. And apropos of a new strategy, let me throw out uh, four 
points that I would suggest. One is you need tax efficiency. Uh, well, it always makes sense to be tax efficient, but even more so uh, in, in a situation of, of high, high risk, uh, high volatility, high inflation. And while taxes are low now, they may not stay low. So tax efficiency is very important. Secondly, I think you need both active and passive investing. Just investing in indexes, you're going to ride the market up and down. Uh, third point I would make is that invest, you should be investing, in, in my opinion, in different asset classes, different sectors, different factors. And I personally believe and, and, and do this in my practice where it's appropriate. I use fixed index annuities as a bond substitution strategy, and it's very effective and, get, and provides stability. Uh, one of the things that the uh, fixed index annuity will do is it will protect you uh, against against the negative market because you will zero out. Now, nobody likes to hear they got a zero, but the fact is you didn't lose any of your money. And finally, I think you need to consider using hedging to diversify risk. Now, there are ETFs that incorporate hedging strategies, and you can buy every ETF that, that is hedged, so you don't have to try to do it yourself or, or you know, get lost or, or, not, or not feel confident. Uh, ETFs can do that for you. So that was in the way of a longish answer, but I want to thank you again for the question. Keep them coming. Uh, as a longtime listener, you might want to review our red light on the dashboard, Super Second Opinion. You can find an explanation of the process on our website, moneymattersusa.net forward slash red dash light. Yeah, so That's so much it. there. That's what yeah. you got, Dave. net, And, uh, yeah, so get your question in to Fred. Uh, click the podcast tab. Check out the podcast, but also the drop-down is there uh, for you to submit your Stump the Guru. Guess what the name of the drop-down is? Stump the Guru. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always fun, Fred, and educational. Our get-together, thanks so much to you, and thanks so much for you uh, to you for listening. Glad you found the podcast. It's here every week. They drop every Friday. It's MoneyMattersUSA.net. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.